The Emergency Medical Minute proudly presents Gwen Brett, who shares her harrowing story of transformation from rescuer to patient after falling over 100 feet while climbing in Yosemite. This is Untamed, medicine in wilderness, wilderness is medicine. Hi. What's up? I want to give you a little background. My title apparently didn't show up, but it's called Room with a View. It's a really cool dolly painting. I thought I'd give a little background to who I am and uh, a little bit more descriptive, maybe, than Dr. Berliner had given. Uh, I grew up in Minnesota. The lovely, the, yeah, all right. Surprise, surprise, we had a cabin on a lake. So I spent a lot of time there. Uh, but that's kind of where I cut my teeth, learning how to fillet fish and other things. My family, every summer in my youth, we would travel to a different national park in the West. We started in the Badlands, and the drives got further and further as we got older and older. So I had been to most of the national parks west of the Mississippi by the time I had graduated high school. Throughout these national park experiences, we just started hiking. And then as I got older, I started scrambling and carrying cool sticks around. And then I started rock climbing, and I became kind of interested in the more vertical world. And as I got more interested in the vertical world, I realized that I fucking loved it. It's pretty awesome. Rock climbing is great. But I didn't know anything about it, how to tie a knot, any of that jazz. So my parents for Christmas bought me a John Long book and a rope and some quick draws. And I was a freshman in high school. And I was in Minnesota. <laughs> so I practiced tying knots a lot. And I read the book over and over and over until I moved to Colorado when I was a freshman in college. I came to the YMCA of the Rockies as a freshman in college and worked as an adventure counselor. I worked with high schoolers, taking them out and doing mountain biking and rock climbing and water rafting and all sorts of stuff, and eventually started working for a company called Kent Mountain Adventure Center, guiding high school and middle school kids, uh, mostly from the Denver area, on wilderness experiences. Because mine was so formative as a youth, I really wanted to infect others with the love and the joy that the wild places can bring you externally, but also inside your own mind. I also started a company called Dovetail Mountain Adventures, and so I took people on weekend yoga and rock climbing retreats. Essentially, my bachelor's degree is in psychology and my master's is as well, so I was uh, also intrigued with how we access fear, and I figured that yoga was a really good platform and beginning space for introducing people to rock climbing, as opposed to the other way around. Um, I also noticed that like my dirtbag climbing friends weren't going to pay for a yoga retreat, <laughs> but yoga people would play for a climbing retreat. <laughs> so essentially, these weekends, you spend a whole weekend. On Saturday, we do all these uncomfortable yoga poses, inversions, handstands, all that kind of stuff, and get you uncomfortable and learning how to find comfort in that uncomfort, finding breath and just space to realize that, like, this sucks, but it only has to suck right now. And then uh, later in the afternoon, we take in climbing, and it was really cool to see, in comparison from the just traditional guiding that I'd done, when people would freak out five feet off the ground, or like Dr. Berliner's uh, young son the other day, he wanted to get down, and Dr. Berliner said, well, he, you haven't even gotten up yet. <laughs> Taking them <laughs> from that initial guiding experience into this mode where 
People were successful. Every single person got to the top, no bitching at all, no complaints. Like They might have hung on the rope and acknowledged that they had fear, but then they sat with it and realized, I'm okay, and kept going up. And I thought that was really cool. In addition to Dovetail Mountain, I decided that all this time in the wilderness, it would probably be wise if I had some wilderness medicine training. So I took an EMT course, a wilderness EMT course, with Remote Medical. They're based out of Seattle. Um, And I had such a good time in that course that I applied for a job, and I got a job with them. Um, And so this is just recreating some burns. And then eventually I got a job as a climbing ranger. Five of us in this photo are climbing rangers, and the other few are from Colorado Mountain School. We were doing a team training. And I worked as a climbing ranger in Rocky Mountain National Park for the last five years, um, doing technical rescue. Essentially, I would describe my job as, as an EMT. You're usually just in the, at the hospital or near or at your house. So you have like a house that they put everyone in, um, and you're waiting for a phone call. In Rocky, what happens is that we're just wandering the woods, essentially, waiting for that phone call. So I average like 30 to 60 miles a week of hiking around the park and just waiting for any kind of rescue that may happen. And if there's not one happening, I'm talking to park visitors and trying to do some preventative search and rescue, telling them that they should not be hiking up longs in their keds with their McDonald's (laughs) at 2 (laughs) p.m. with the rolling dark thunderstorms. Joy! Why so much about joy? Like, why is the outdoors, why does it bring so much joy? For me, as our first presenter mentioned, it it does. It brings me into that psychological and physical state, that flow state. When I'm climbing something difficult, like this is one of the harder trad lines I've ever done on Lumpy Ridge, it's called Dakota. I aid-climbed this, gosh, when I first moved to Estes as kind of just a test piece to see if I could aid climb it and then to come back five years later and be like, I want to try to free climb that. That was pretty groovy. Wilderness also lets you become comfortable in uncomfortable terrain. This is on Half Dome in Yosemite. As we've seen this mountain before today, this is like my backyard and my favorite place in the world. This is on a route on Chasm View Wall, which is in the Chasm Cirque of Long's Peak and the diamond is in the background. This is the last pitch of the nose on El Capitan. This was taken in 2012 when I set the speed record for the first time uh, with a partner. And this is one, also one of my favorite places in the world. This is, should be a video. We can press play. Cool. So playing in the wilderness it lets you find comfort in this and calm eyes in like a hectic and uncomfortable space. Um, So this is on a mountain called Saint Exupery in Patagonia, which is in southern Argentina. And what's really cool about this spot is that to my right, or upwards of the screen, is a mountain called Fitzroy. And then behind me, you'll see this really crazy elusive peak, Cerro Torre. Yeah. Behind that mountain is the... um, as an ice cap, and so that snow cone, it just turns into a snow cone. This is in Zion. Last spring, um, maybe six months before my accident, I decided I would try, I don't know, and climbing I was trying to do um, all sorts of them, all the, all the activities. Like I was trying to be okay at bouldering, but trying to be a good alpinist and trying to be a good trad climber and sport climber and 
aid climber. I was trying to just trying to hit, tick all the boxes. So this is after soloing, rope soloing a wall called Touchstone Wall. Um, and I thought that was kind of a cool photo because I did it solo and there's the very top. <laughs> Aha. Do you guys, anybody have Patagonia jackets tonight? <laughs> yeah, so that mountain range, that's this mountain. Fitzroy. This should also be a video. Hey. hey, what's up? Hey. We're at the summit. Summit of what? <laughs> what we just do? A new route. A new route. <laughs> that's that territory mountain. So this is the top of Fitzroy. That's Fitzroy right there. How cool is that? That's after doing a new route on um, Fitzroy, which is in Argentina. What's the route called? The Colorado route. Yeah, uh, and so wilderness uh, also is just about perspective, right? So as I said, if you can get upside down or if you can see things from a new perspective or if you can get uncomfortable in situations that might not be the most comfortable. This is doing a handstand on the top of Bugaboo Spire in um, Canada. I like to do handstands. <laughs> And as far as my work, all of this personal experience, I felt like gave me um, a lot of tangible experience to take to work. All of this finding that calm um, in stressful situations. So this is on, um, can anyone name this lake in Rocky Mountain National Park? It's a weird view. That's uh, Sky Pond. So this is um, the Petit Grappon. There's this lovely, uh, very popular 5'8 rock climbing route that's there. Um, this guy accidentally fell. He was quite a few pitches up, and he fell and broke both of his legs. And this was actually the day of the eclipse. <laughs> it was kind of a cool day to be out. Um, <laughs> He fell, broke both his legs. He had spent the night before, and uh, some of our rescues stayed the night with him, and then we rigged this um, high line to get him. This was uh, another rescue, similar thing on Twin Sisters Mountain, which is just outside of the park. Um, and so not only did Rocky respond, but there's lots of other responders like Larimer County and Boulder County um, both responded to this. Go ahead. Oh, this is a video, so press play, please. Cool. So this is a... Um, this is an actual rescue happening. This is a Reeve line, um, an 18-year-old kid. This is in the beginning of the season, so this is the alluvial fan in Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, this kid had walked 100 feet from the parking lot, scrambled on some boulders, and then jumped across the river. But he jumped downhill, so when he turned around, he couldn't get back over, back. He couldn't reverse his jump, and the river in the spring was a little bit too much. Um, and the slope that he, the side that he had jumped to, if you've ever been to the alluvial fan, it was a flooded area in like 1980. Um, and so the side that he was on was like a vertical chossy slope of loose sand and rock. So he couldn't crawl out or get back across. And so what we're doing here is we created a high line, essentially a, a, or a zip line essentially that like went across, spans the gap. And then I'm being lowered. Yep to the other side of the river where I have um, with me an extra harness and then I will put it on the patient and um, strap him in and move him up and over. It was pretty awesome in fact because his dad is the person that I think you can maybe see in the red on the other side of the river and his dad was like, yeah, yeah, he should just spend the night. <laughs> 
So we were able to throw a sleeping bag to him, and he, that's the kid down there. So he just spent the night, and he was fine with the raging river in his ear. But <laughs> um, This is back to that twin sisters rescue. Um, and so what happens with that, because that guy, this guy also had a broken leg, um, we loaded him into the litter there, and then we do what's called a short haul. So he is being lifted up from the ground and, and into the helicopter. Go ahead. So I want to pose to you guys what happens. What happens when we have one of these life-altering moments and our perspective changes? <laughs> That's what happened to me on October 11th, 2017. I fell climbing. This is probably like my 10th or 12th time climbing the nose on El Capitan. This is in California. I fell from the boot flake and I cratered into a feature called the Texas Flake. This is a little bit better view. Oh, yeah. So the high point is about where the red arrow was. Um, my last piece of protection is where the yellow, and then I fell all the way down to the green. So I fell like 120 some feet. And this is me being short hauled off of El Cap, just like what I was doing for my job. This rescuer here is Brandon Latham. He actually worked in Rocky Mountain National Park, so I knew who he was. And this is what happened. <laughs> I had a T12 burst fracture, L4 compression fracture, uh, four broken ribs, uh, lots of hematomas all over the place. I've lost my sense of smell. My scapula, I think, took the brunt of the force. <laughs> I now have my railroad tracks, I affectionately call them, from T9 to L3, and a shit ton of nerve pain. But I'm here, and I know who I am. <laughs> On that depressing note, we're going to do the thing that Quinn likes to do best, is get some audience interaction. So can everyone stand up? <coughs> Spread out a little bit. Get yourself some room. Oh, yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> All right, you guys love me. All right, I would love, uh, uh, we're going to do a little my, my little yoga time. So if I can get everyone to reach their hands up. Yeah, give a nice stretch, nice deep breath, and then you're going to slowly bend over all the way. Soften the knees. Let your head hang between your head. Relax your jaw. Really, shake your head yes. I see all these stiff necks. Come on, let your head hang. There we go. Do you feel uncomfortable or vulnerable right now? Think to yourself. All right, I'd like you to stay where you are. And now that we've settled that you are uncomfortable and maybe slightly vulnerable, but willing to be open to the world, turn to a neighbor with the same position that you were in and give them a what's up. Maybe you're looking through your legs. Yeah. Nice work, everyone. Slowly back up, no head rushes. Have a seat. Thank you for humoring me. So 
So speaking to perspective, that's what I've been doing for the last year, has been staring at asses. <laughs> Seriously. I'm really glad I don't have that sense of smell. It's not been fun. <laughs> so my struggle in the last year has been how to find that joy again, knowing that I love um, playing outside so much and being playful with people so much. Um, I might have a new mode of transportation. <laughs> but this, <laughs> the desire and the same goals are there to play outside. Um, yeah, so this is just getting started with some of the trails in Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, yeah, seeing people on the trail and saying that I'm inspiring is not the best word because I'm just trying to get after what, what my normal is. Um, this is a really cool machine uh, that this guy in Crested Butte makes for para-athletes to bike around in. Um, this is in Zion National Park, again, another place that I love so much. It's quite bittersweet to return here. But if you see me on a trail in any national park, this is okay for me to be on, because this is how it is my way of accessing that, that trail. I've been climbing again. It's pretty groovy. I do lots of pull-ups. That's all I do. Oh, this is a video. So what I've realized in um, my adventures now is that I need people. And that makes me uncomfortable. And to ask for help, I feel really vulnerable. So in a day like this today, or this day, I um, biked up Fall River Road, which is nine miles uphill. I used, uh, I did have friends along, and I find that my friendships, I need people who are accountable, and I need people who are psyched to go outside. And one of my friends is here, Carl. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so what we did is we just did some, I use a lot of climbing rigging for my life now, like to get my wheelchair in. I have a two-to-one to get my wheelchair in my van. And... For this experience, I had three friends along, but we just tied a rope from me, the front of my bike, to the back of their bike, their seat post, and they just rotated. So every three miles, one of them would, or every three, yeah, every three miles, one of them would take over. And so that nine miles uphill, they just each had to help with three miles of just a little extra quad workout for them, but it kept us at a more reasonable pace rather than me just crawling with my hands the whole way. Uh, and so we went up Fall River Road, then up and over Trail Ridge and down, and that was pretty awesome. So this is a little video of just kind of all the adventures that um, I've had some friends who are really psyched on and the, and the ways that we're making it work with the tools that we have. 10,000, but up we go. Up we go. <laughs> I was probably supposed to talk about this earlier, but this was my first adventure back to the mountains. This is um, off the far of a road off I-70, I think, St. Mary's Glacier. We used a dog leash because we weren't really that prepared. <laughs> and he slipped off the back.
example of the um, the leash between. This is Fall River Road. I swam growing up, so swimming, returning to swimming has been really big for me, like one of the best ways to get cardio still. braces that help me walk around or stand up from time to time and help me get out of looking at your ass. Eye contact is huge. So finding purpose again, that's uh, also something that is coming along with this injury. Before my accident, I volunteer, I traveled to Washington, D.C. for some, an event called Climb the Hill, where a whole bunch of climbers went and spoke to our people in our in office about the importance of public lands. And so in 20, this year, 2018, I returned. I might have had a different look to me, but I spoke to the same things, just the importance of, of these places, not only for recreation, but for economic growth and thriving in economic growth and uh, the future, like how formative it was for me and how it needs to be preserved for our future. Even with this new perspective, the value of moving through wild places, outdoors and inside ourselves, is integral to who we are. And with that, I want to leave you guys with, I like what you said. We're going to get a little paradoxical and keep it weird. So uh, let's keep it weird, guys. Let's get dancing. <laughs> Press play. <laughs> 